Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for thunder and lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Wednesday morning. We appreciate you guys tuning in at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts. Thanks for making us part of your day. I want to thank our listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us around the world and at home, our medical personnel. I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House. They are still, you know, wide open over there. You can get in there and get coffee. Go to the drive-thru, go to the walk-up window over there on University Drive. Whatever way you want to get coffee, they want to get coffee to you. So it's it's, it's a win-win, Joel. You want coffee. They want to sell you coffee. Boom. I've gotten coffee in multiple ways the last week. I have been to the walk-up window. Yeah. I have been to the drive-thru. Yes. Have you been inside? I've not been inside. Nah, that's the touch. I'm not scared to go. I'm not scared to go inside though. Even when it was open yeah. all the time, I didn't always go inside. So yeah, that's a trifecta though. Yeah, if the kids weren't with me all the time, I'd go inside. You can't take the kids in there because they'll see all the delicious baked treats. Daddy, buy me a cookie. Daddy, buy me a, a cake. Daddy, yeah. buy me a brownie. And then, and then those kids are probably hyper enough. They don't need the sugar rush. They do not need the sugar rush. Yeah. I can confirm. Uh, what about you though? We got to get you to get some of that dessert. Uh, the caffeine works fine for I'm me. Just saying, before this year is over, you're going to eat a dessert. In some ways, though, the coffee kind of is a dessert. No, got caramel, no, I'm talking about a real dessert. Chocolate. You're talking about like brownie. I don't care roll. if I've got to get like if I've got to hold you down and Robbie Falk's going to put a piece of cheesecake in your face. It's going to happen. Well, I mean, there's worse punishments, I guess. There are. Your birthday's coming up about what? Let me. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. The twentieth. Three days off. The twenty third. That's not right. It's the seventeenth. Yes. Okay then. So, if you want to drive back to Omaha and buy me another steak at the Chop House, I don't want to do that. I mean, I'll buy you some lunch somewhere if you can get somebody to watch your kids for. I'm a, I don't. I, I can't deal with little kids. You know, we, we don't need. We don't need that. I'm two months in at this point. I just feel like I need. I think I'm gonna say this on a show the other day. I just need to open up a daycare. Yeah, Coleman's Keepers. Come on in, Coleman's Keepers. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's a great day to drop your kids off at Coleman's Keepers. I like this. If you want to advertise, I know somebody that could join this podcast. Uh, our Maybe good can get a deal. I wouldn't go that far. Okay. I'm a stickler for these prices. Uh, our good friends over... I feel so bad for Strange Brew sometimes. We just start their thing, and the next thing you know, we're talking about something else. <laughs> we never get to the point. They need to give me a script. Just like, stick to this. Well, I mean... At the end of the day, I give them enough money every month yeah, to probably right. pay for the you're ad. Right. So, so it, 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 it's a, it, 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 it's a wash. Yeah. Uh, our good friends over at College Corner, two locations in the Jackson area to serve you. They are over in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. Fleet Feet. They are over in uh, Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can just shop online, make it easy at uh, collegecornerstore.com. And of course, they're still running that incredible special right now where they'll take 30% off the price of any gift card purchase. So, bam, if you want to get. $100 worth of stuff, you can get it for 70 bucks right now. All you got to do is go to collegecornerstore.com and put in gift card in the search bar there, and it's going to take care of itself. So you got a chance to get yourself some great new maroon and white merchandise before football season starts up, before you get here on September 5th. You want to have that new polo, new baseball cap, 
new t-shirts, whatever it is, get it at collegecornerstore.com and get 30% off the purchase when you buy via gift card or buy a gift card. Our good friends over at Advantage Business Systems want you to know that no matter what's going on with your business in these uncertain times... (laughs) (laughs) They can help you out. If you're trying to upgrade your technology around your office, you feel like this is the time to maybe, you know, modernize things a little bit more where you work. Boom, they got you. Copiers, phone systems, document management software, new computers, they can take care of that for you. But if you're keeping your employees at home, you're trying to keep them in the remote office and you need to get some devices to them, they can help you out with that. They've got specials right now that'll get that happening for you. So, Whatever it is you're looking to do with your business, Advantage Business Systems has a solution for you. 45 years of of expertise will do that. That'll put you in that kind of situation. So why don't you give them a call today at 844-833-6245 or just visit them online at absms.com. Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. All right, let's move on into the rumblings, and that's brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef, who want you to know that you know if you got these free weekends and you're going to be cooking, you might as well be cooking the best of the best. That's what you get when you call Welcome Home Beef. The best steaks, the best burgers, the best beef products, and now pork products as well. Chops, sausage, bacon, butts. They've got it all there doing a pork belly for me as well. So it's not just about what they have on the menu there. Call them up. Hey, can you get this? Can you get that? They can do special orders. All you've got to do is give them a call and see what they can do for you. 662-418-2021 or go online to facebook.com slash welcome home beef and you can be putting this great stuff on the grill, in the smoker, in the pan this weekend. Don't wait. Do it today. Your family will thank you because they want to eat good, you want to eat good, and that's what happens when you call our friends at Welcome Home Beef. Remember, when you order from Welcome Home Beef, One thing above all is true. It just tastes good. It is a rumblings kind of day here on Thunder and Lightning, and we are talking football. Are you ready for some football? Okay, you're going with the I was going football. (laughs) (laughs) That's where I was going with that. I can remember when that came out. Oh, my God. It was the greatest day of all time. Last year at Media Days, I introduced that to uh, Tyler Horka, Ben Portnoy, and Mackenzie Salmon. They had never seen it, and they, they I thought they were going to die. It's like it's just it's literally the greatest thing ever conceived. <laughs> it's one of the top five things the Internet's ever done. <clears throat> With Jeff Sessions' tweet now entering the Is top it, five. That's, that's, uh, that's, that's receiving votes for sure. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, football questions today. I'm looking forward to this because I love football. Let's do it. Justin Strawn, listen to this. 10-19 a.m. That's what we're talking. You saw he nearly forgot, didn't you? Very good. Whatever the reasoning, his first reasonable hour tweet of questions. We'll take it. In Thunder and Lightning history. People get mad whenever someone addresses the possibility of a less than normal football season in 2020. Nobody knows what things are going to look like a week from now, much less three months from now. I think there is wisdom in trying to prepare people for worst case scenarios, but not a single person knows what. This isn't a football question. Uh, why don't I ask this? Here, here, what, what? You, you snuck this in on me. He, he, he made a fool of me. I don't appreciate his ruse. His clever attempt to deceive me. I didn't. You never got to the question, so I didn't get to judge. He's like, why get mad? That's not football related. That's 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 human. Uh, that's that's psychology, sociology, if you will. But it has to do with the football. Season. Well, uh, barely, barely. I say we give it to him. Why get mad? Because people are dumb. That's what they do. They get mad about things that they can't control. That's that's. I mean, 
the answer because yeah. people fear what they fear the unknown. They fear the unknown. They fear what's not normal. And I mean, look, there still is a chance that it's not normal, and that's going to make some people upset. And if it happens that way, and it's not normal, and either like half the stadium can't come, or they have to—I I don't know what they'll do. I mean, could you imagine a scenario if, if Mississippi State has to go through and they're like, well, only Bulldog Club members 500... And Iowa State had this today. They said that only, they're only going to sell season tickets. They're not going to sell individual game tickets. So, I mean, it could be a situation like that where you have to buy a season ticket. And if you're not high enough up, you know, and they may only sell a certain percentage of season tickets. You know, I think they normally sell like 45,000 to maybe 50,000. They try to sell that many. And then, you know, you have your student tickets, which is probably what? You know, 5,000 of those, maybe more. I don't know, maybe 45,000 to 10,000 student tickets, and then the rest goes to the visiting fans, which I guess there won't be any visiting fans. Uh, nobody knows right now. Right, nobody knows, though. Nobody yeah. knows. So, anyway. A lot of people keep saying they can't wait to see Costello pick on Jerry and Jones in the Egg Bowl this year. What's the basis of him getting an immediate eligibility waiver? The Leach tweet? I haven't checked, but people have said his tweets after it haven't show, happened showed he wasn't upset by it. It's going to be the Leach tweet. And they, yes, they can say that, but it's, it doesn't matter. If, if the NCAA believes that there is possible racial discrimination, racism involved, they are going to kowtow to that. They will give it away. No questions asked. Nobody I, wants. A, I tend, nobody wants a lawsuit. I tend to agree with you if they if they try and, and get, you know, the waiver based upon that. And I will throw in the caveat though, the only thing for sure about the NCAA is nothing's for sure. It's true. So if if they Just like did sting, yeah, it's it's very true. Yeah. Um. So perhaps the NCAA lets him play. Perhaps they put the scorpion deathlock on him and don't. My, my, I, I'm not real sure. I would say as we sit here on May 26 that he will play this year. See, I kind of wonder if uh, maybe in some of the discussions that may or may not have been had about all this, mm-hmm. if maybe some of this was negotiated, could it be? I mean, I, I'm totally speculating by saying that, but could they have said, if you go there, fine, but you're going to sit your year? I don't know. Possibly. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I think I'm literally play. speculating I think there. Uh, last one here from Justin. I'm 41 years old, and I currently have a gout flare-up in my elbow and a strained muscle in my neck. Most of this is just a byproduct of getting old. Tom Brady is about to turn 43. As you have both gotten older, how much are you impressed that football players or any athlete really play their sport into their 40s? It, it's, it's sort of a double-edged sword for me. I am impressed, obviously, but Tom Brady has been playing big-time athletics since he was 18. I tend to think that if I had been, and he's a year younger than me, if I had come out of high school and had been allowed to train and work out with the best in the business, constantly doing things to stay in shape, working with doctors, working with nutritionists. He wakes up every day and that's his job, to stay in shape. Yeah, that's his job, to stay in shape. And he ha- and he's surrounded by the absolute best of the best. I would probably be in pretty good shape, too. I mean, there are people who are in pretty good shape because they tried Joel T. Coleman as an example. Of yeah, that. I mean, I really do... But I am I, impressed that he still plays at a high level. You know, I feel like I am in, in decent shape to be a fixing to be thirty five year old guy. Mm-hmm. But I am amazed that like these guys, especially like in Major League Baseball, even which isn't you know that, that's that's far from football where you're getting creamed every play. Mm-hmm. But the guys that that play one hundred and fifty to one hundred and sixty two games a year in baseball, some of them you know are twenty five. 
to 35-year-old men. And, I mean, there are days where I don't do much of anything, and I just think to myself, I, there's no way I could go out there and do anything athletically today. And, and so it, it does amaze me sometimes how, how some of these athletes are, are just built to be durable freaks. And Yeah. But, yeah, it absolutely helps when you wake up out of bed yeah. every morning and, hey, it's my job to go make sure I can get up the next day and play. You and, know, and not so. only that, but like I said, you go to work and, okay, here's those doctors that are going to look at your body and make sure you're doing all these right. Here's the, all the, the trainers that are making sure you're lifting the right weights and all that. Here's the nutritionist planning out all your meals. It helps. You know? Yeah, and I, I think that what you just said last is probably a big part of all of it, that nutritionist. Yeah, that's, that's I, I think a huge that part. For a lot of us, mm-hmm. we feel the way we feel because of what we eat. Yeah. I think there's a 100% correlation to that. I'm depressed because I eat. <laughs> and I eat because I'm depressed. <laughs> uh, yeah, basically. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. Brian McDuff, what percentage of Power 5 recruits do you think believe they will make it to the NFL? 90 a lot. I mean, in a signing class of 25, there might be one guy who's just like, hey, I'm, I, I, you know. I better get my degree. I better get my degree. Yeah. I mean, even the low two-star guys. I guarantee, I mean, he was right, but Elton Jenkins coming out of, college, coming out of high school had no business thinking that he was going to be an NFL player. Instead, he's one of the better NFL players. Deion Calhoun, sort of the same way. All those kids think they're going to the NFL, which is why they treat the recruiting process the way they do. They treat it in a way that, you know, we're lucky to have the them considering the school, not, hey, I better take advantage of my opportunities. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, yeah, I think you nailed that. I mean, look, growing up in high school, I mean, I, I was probably 16 or so when I realized uh, I might better give up on my dream of playing third base for the Braves <laughs> yeah. because I don't even have, you know, community college is knocking at my door. Yeah. I might need to find another route yeah. in life. Yeah. And, uh, but it was... You wait a little bit before you give up on those dreams. Right. So if, but you're, if, you're, if you're a 16, 17-year-old kid that's a D1 recruit, you absolutely think you can yeah. make it to the league. Yeah, absolutely you do. Who do you think is the greatest college football player of all time? I'm tempted to say Herschel Walker, but mm. like... There's nothing wrong with that answer. And, and I know they're written, but I feel like I didn't see enough of Herschel Walker to declare that's that. That's fair. Well, so who would you say then? For me... Yeah. Gosh, man, Tebow's up there. He is in there. He's I, th- in my I think he may be my guy if I yeah. had to if I had to pick one. So I got four four people who had great Reggie careers. Reggie Bush is in there too. I have five people who had great <laughs> careers: Marshall Walker, Bo Jackson, Reggie Bush, Tim Tebow, and Vince Young. I feel like if I said any of those guys, I don't have a problem with taking them. But the guy who is the greatest college football player of all time only played one season. That's Cam Newton, much as y'all might hate to hear that. He, that Auburn team, look at what Auburn was without him. And I'm talking about the year before and the year after. Eight and five, eight and five. He carried that team to a national title. They were not that good a team. They just weren't. But they had the best player by the widest, one of the widest margins ever. So Cam Newton to me is the greatest football player of all time. That's fair. It hurts. It's right here. Right one of his here in the heart. one of his top receivers on that team mm-hmm. uh, is the uncle of mm-hmm. Mississippi State commit Brandon Buckhalter and and Buckhalter and uh, 
Malik Heath or um, Cousins, I believe. So really? I think he's some kind of Malik Heath, too. Was, I'm trying to remember his name. I think it's some Adams, the receiver for Auburn. I don't, I don't remember. I'm going to have to look now that I'm talking about it. Yeah. But uh, he was, I mean, he was Auburn's leading receiver that year, I believe. Okay. So I mean, they just weren't that good. And Gene Chizik, I think it, we, we know Gene Chizik is not a good coach. His record bears that out. So, yeah. Darvin Adams. Here okay. we go. On the rare occasions you can watch them, which show do you prefer, College Game Day or SEC Nation? I usually, if I'm at home, mm-hmm. would actually keep it on SEC Nation, but I do think College Game Day is the overall better production. It is the, the, the biggest reason for that is, for the most part, SEC Nation has like 50 people there. People just don't care. Yeah. And, you know, College Game Day always has a huge, huge crowd, and that adds to it, it right? Does. It, it adds does. to it. And, you know, there's something, there's something to that, so, like... I mean, I don't think it's fair to, to. I think it's very fair to say that the best SEC nation ever was the one here before State played Texas A and M. I would agree. That's the only time I've ever really, and I mean, I don't like I don't watch it every week, but that's the, one of the few times where I've seen the crowd was similar to what you would see at college game day. Now, State would do it, would one up itself the next week when game day was here, but there were a few thousand people in, in the junction that day. So, all right, uh, here we go. Daniel Montgomery, what's the best non-MSU college football game you've ever attended? Uh, I haven't been to very many. Neither have I. Um, Almost all of them involve Ole Miss. Yeah, so. me too. Uh, I went to, and in fact, I've been to two Ole Miss Arkansas games uh-huh. in Oxford. Okay. Um, one of, I think Ole Miss won the game. I, I can't even remember the score. So... Shows how much I remember the game. For me, declare it the best game I've ever. It's I've obviously been, to, been but, a long time. Uh, Darren McFadden like ran back like the opening kickoff, I believe. Wow, and, and Arkansas lost. I think so. Oh wow! Now I've got to look back at that game. So you're talking Houston Nut was there? Yes. It was. Let me go back and see. You can you can say, but I I mean I'm unqualified to answer this question because really the only two games I remember. I went to. Th- I've been to three Ole Miss games where they weren't playing state. Uh-huh. One was like a non-conference game against like Murray State or somebody. Uh-huh. And then I've been to two Ole Miss Arkansas games. My friend, I don't think you're 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 correct here. Or maybe Deuce ran. I can't remember. Some. Okay. Yeah, hold, on, hold on. Let me. Let McFadden, me, let me didn't, McFadden didn't lose to uh to Ole Miss. From let let me tell. go back and say. I mean, I, right. these games, as you tell, as you can tell, did not from stick a with humor you. standpoint. The best one I ever went to was Ole Miss LSU in 2011, where Les Miles was taking a knee at the five with five minutes to go. That was quite funny. Uh, but for me, I went to Alabama versus USM at Legion Field in 2000, where Southern beat Alabama. That was a fun experience. Uh, sitting, I was sitting. I got really good tickets for that, and I was sitting up amongst some high dollar Alabama fans. And to say they were distraught was uh, would be an understatement. You know, that team, 2000 team, came into the season ranked in the top five. I think they ended up losing five games that year. So, uh, yeah, it was fun. Did you find it? Not yet. Let's see here. Uh, 04, they won. 03, they lost uh, Ole Miss at Ole Miss in 2003, 19-7. I think that's going to be it. Let me see see if there was a... a So Eli played? Let me see if there was a kickoff return for a touchdown in that game. In yeah, you think you'd remember if Eli played in the game? Well, I don't. Well, okay then. All right. <laughs> Colton Peterman, uh, who would you pull for if you couldn't pull for state? Right now, today? Yeah. Um, 
You know who I think I'd say? Oregon. Hmm. What, Moorhead? I'd root for Joe Moorhead. Okay. I really would. I've always said I'd make a great LSU fan. I love Cajun food, and I'm a jerk. <laughs> I'd fit right in. <laughs> uh, I, I'm trying to think if I had to pick an SEC school, who would it be? I don't know. Maybe I'd go Georgia just because of my Atlanta ties. That's a good choice. Plus, as I've said many times before, no better college town in America than uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Athens, Georgia. I've got the box score pulled up to this game. I, I, you Nobody got... returned a kickoff in that game. No. Well, then maybe it wasn't Arkansas. Now, now, <laughs> I'm, now I'm all kinds of confused. How do you not remember this? Because I, I didn't care. You have to remember. Here's the story. My brother was at this point in time going to school at Ole Miss. Your brother's a rebel? I didn't know My that. brother was on everything. He graduated from state. Mm-hmm. But he went to Ole Miss. I think he may have took online class from Southern. I don't know. He, he has given money to every institution in this state, community college or otherwise. Uh-huh. But at this juncture in time, he was going to school at Ole Miss. Uh-huh. And so me and my mom and dad went to a football game with him at Ole Miss. And... I mean, but you don't remember who the coach was at you, Ole Miss or who was playing for them or anything like that. I mean, I I want to say it was when Cut was still there, but oh my gosh, could okay, wrong. could be wrong. Do you do you think Ole Miss won the game? Yes, yes, I do. Okay, well, I don't know then. I will continue to look. I'm, right. gonna, I'm gonna find it in a minute, and then all I'm right. gonna. What is your favorite football game of all time, college or pro? Ooh. So, what game stands above all? Take Mississippi State out, too. I am. I am. Favorite football game of all time, college or pro? I'll give you a college and I'll give you a pro. Mm-hmm. The college, or the pro is pretty recent. Mm-hmm. Um, when the Dolphins, we had had the miracle in Miami back a couple oh, of years. That one play yeah. at the end of the game. Yeah. Walk off over the Pats. Mm-hmm. In Miami, yeah, I went. The season meant nothing, but that game, I went absolutely crazy to win a football game that way. Right. Um, probably my favorite college football game, taking out state or whatever, mm-hmm. is Boise State, Oklahoma. That's a great one. Yeah, it's probably my favorite college football game. Um, pro, obviously, the Saints winning the Super Bowl. Uh, college, uh, that was the 06 Rose Bowl, Texas USC. Is up there. Uh, this past year, Alabama LSU was a lot of fun. Um, the uh, the kick six game is a lot of fun. Um, I'm gonna go with that. I think I'll go with that. Texas USC. I mean, that's just a fantastic game. Uh, Ryan Morrison, are you a little worried that the Leach air raid offense will not work against SEC? You got it. Found it, and it was Arkansas, and okay. it was in '99. 1999. Yes. and uh, That's Cutcliffe's first year. Deuce returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown. That was it. And Ole Miss won 38-16. I just remembered there was a, an opening kickoff return for a touchdown. That was the thing that stuck in my mind. And I thought it was Arkansas. Well, there you go. But it was further ago than I thought. I didn't realize it was all the way back. 21 years ago. Yeah. So you would have been 14. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. I did. Who was State playing on that day? Got me, got me wanting to look that up. 11-6. Oh, State was off. They had played on a Thursday. They played Kentucky. Yeah, that was their eighth win in a row there. All right. Anyway, back to Ryan uh, Morrison's questions. Are you a little worried that the Leach air raid offense will not work against SEC defenses? 
Well, I don't think Mike Leach is worried. No. Um, I mean, that is the that's the question, right? Yeah. I mean, the million dollar question. Because if it does, state's fine. Yeah. I mean, state's going to be an eight win team if it works, and it works with any degree of of success. I mean, it's you can about take eight wins to the bank. I'd say. Yeah. Uh, I talked about this today on Sports Talk that. You know, it's not like he was being pushed out at Washington State. He may have been looking for other opportunities, but surely he had other ones other than Mississippi State and other than SEC. And he, he wanted to take that Tennessee job a couple years ago. And all that it says to me is that he, he was looking to get into the SEC because he feels he can be successful here. So I think it's just a question of state's receivers. And if it doesn't work this year, it will certainly work in the coming years as better receivers show up. And better receivers are going to show up because they're going to want to catch 50, 60, 70 passes a year. Yep. Uh, next one from Ryan. Uh, how do you think the tight ends on the team will be used since Leach doesn't really utilize them in his offense? They're going to become wide receivers or they're going to lose the team? Uh, that's pretty much all I can think. They're, they're either going to somehow become big perimeter wide receivers, be able to do the things that wide receivers do, or they're going to have to sit the bench or transfer out or do whatever. That's one of the things uh, – I hope to talk with uh, Steve Spurrier this week. Yeah. And I really want to ask him about that as far as like tight ends and how they're going to be used, utilized in this offense. Are they basically going to be just wide receiver? Like, I, I'm interested to learn a little more about that. So maybe I'll get back with you guys later this week. Might, might have an answer to that. Very good. All right. Uh, Walking Bully wants us to rank these four tenures at MSU and how big is the gap between each? Cheryl, Croom, Mullen, Moorhead. Mullen won. Yes. It's a it's a it's a it's a decent sized gap between him and Cheryl, to me. You know, Cheryl had what five years where he didn't make bowls. Now, obviously, making bowls then and making bowls now is different. But he only had one team that missed a bowl that should have made a bowl. And that's ninety seven, ninety three, ninety five, and obviously oh one, oh two, oh three. So I guess six years he missed bowls were bad teams. You know, Mullen's worst t- team. Was probably 2016. They still made a bowl. Even his 2019 was better. They just played a really tough schedule. Um, and also, Jackie was always good for a loss that he shouldn't have had every year. We always talk about Mullen won the games he was supposed to. Jackie found a way to lose games he was supposed to. So there's a gap. There's another gap between Jackie and Moorhead. A, a decent sized gap. Only a two year sample size, but you know, Moorhead lost some games he shouldn't have. And, I mean, Jackie's just far better than him. Far better than him. It's a big gap. I mean, he played for an SEC championship. He's the only t- yeah. only coach to ever take this team yeah. to Atlanta. Yeah. If we, I don't think there's anybody alive that would put Moorhead's tenure above No. As well, you should not. And then the Kroom is last, and there's a big gap between Moorhead and Kroom. We did that deep dive the other day, and I was reading off some of those numbers. They're incredible how pathetic that team was offensively. Those teams were offensively. Yeah. They were just awful. Yeah. And, and I know that there may be some – that could sit there and say, well, if, if Moorhead had been the coach longer, you know, you'd, if he'd had a five-year tenure like Kroom, what would it have turned into? It wouldn't have been we, that bad. We don't know the answer to that question, but I would guess it wouldn't have been that bad because you had Joe Moorhead bringing in top 25 recruiting classes every year. So yeah. I, I would think that would probably be good enough to at least keep you probably in the five and seven to seven and five range at the least. Yeah, I agree. If he had stuck around. so I agree. Uh, Ryan Morrison, two more from him. Does your win-loss record predictions change now with the COVID-19 issues that have affected football preparations? No, not really for me. No, I, I mean, it does take... Because everybody's suffering. Yeah. State goes to... Uh, what's their road games this year? At LSU? 
at their road games at North Carolina State, uh, at LSU, at, at Alabama, Alabama, at Kentucky, at Ole Miss. I mean, you take that home field advantage completely away. I mean, they, State, too, will have their home field advantage taken completely away. So yeah. I understand that. But you go to Baton Rouge and there's no fans in the stands, God, I your th- chances improve. I hadn't thought about stuff like that, about maybe going to LSU and there's only 50,000 people there. You go to Alabama and there's half the people there. That's crazy. You go to, to Ole Miss about. and there's half the people there. Well, it, it changes. That was sort of the case the last time we were up there. <laughs> so. But, I mean, that, that changes things a little bit. No, you're right. For, for the road games, anyway. But State has that working against them at home. You know, you don't have that advantage of people uh, responsibly or not responsibly ringing. Yeah. Which I, State's been pretty good at responsibly no, no, ringing right. through the years. But I, I just, like, I think the fact that everybody is... It's just an even, even playing field. It's an even field. playing field, yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, if you it'll could, almost be like a bunch of neutrals. I don't want to say that. Maybe not. If like no. it's half full, it won't be neutrals. It'll be like some bowl games. But the problem is, like I said, if if they're not selling individual game tickets and they're not they're not giving away road game tickets, it could just be all other fans. Yeah. So, um, one more for Ron. Uh, if you could change one thing about the Davis Wade in game experience, what would it be? Mm. I think I think you and I we should agree on this. We've we've talked about it before. What is it? The selective usage of "Don't stop believing." Yes, yes. That, that we need to we need to tink, tinker with that and only play it in situations where it makes sense to play. Where you're down like seven at the end of the third quarter, you can play it. Yeah, if you up by seven at the end yeah, of the third winning, quarter, winning or down by less than ten, play it. Losing by more than ten, don't play it until the mar. But here, think about it. I thought about this. You're down twenty-one going into the fourth quarter. You score. You get a turnover. You score again. All of a sudden, you're down seven. Then play you play it. it. The place goes nuts. Yeah. But if you're down 21 and you get blown out, don't play it. Just don't play it. All right. Uh, where are we here? Makes makes a lot of sense. It does. Ford Polk has some questions. Listen to y'all's breakdown of the 2007 season a couple weeks ago. You mentioned a what-if Dan Mullen had come to Mississippi State in 2004 scenario. My question is, does Tim Tebow still go to Florida? I'm not asking if he goes to state, but didn't Mullen recruit him hard? He did, but, I mean, Urban Meyer was the star there. And Urban Meyer is known as a great recruiter, whereas Dan Mullen is not. There was a lot of thought that Mullen and Tebow didn't get along at first. Um, I guess is he probably still goes there. The big question, obviously, you know, Tebow picked between two schools. He picked between Florida and Alabama when Shula was still there. How different is everything if he goes to Alabama? I don't know. That's another, you know, God, imagine if Saban and uh, Tebow had gotten together. (laughs) That would have been ugly. It would have been uglier than it already is. Well, Saban's had some pretty good QBs. You say that. His first few years, he didn't really. McElroy, John Parker Wilson, A.J. McCarron. That's true. Decent players, but not Tim Tebow. So, (laughs) Building on that scenario, what does Anthony Dixon's career look like if Mullen has him for all four years? He's one of the all-time leading rushers in the SEC. He's, he's, I mean, I don't know what he is now. I think he's like 3,200 yards, something like that. Maybe 30, I don't know off the top of my head. But he's probably 1,000 to 1,200 yards every year. So, is that fair, fair to you? Yeah. I have zero to add to that. He would have been amazing with, with Mullen if he'd had, had all four years. Okay. Uh, one last question about that scenario. Does State still have the Russell uniforms if Mullen comes in in 04? I hope not. <laughs> Surely Dan Mullen been like, uh, no. That's not a good look. Is everybody now Adidas, Nike, or Under Armour in the SEC? In the SEC, yes. 
there are still some other like Southern is Russell, USM. Yeah. But yeah, in the SEC, I don't guess I, I realize that. Yeah, just, there's only two Under Armors, right? There's South Carolina and Auburn, right? I think that's right. And then everybody else is Adidas or Nike. And even Adidas is only it's what Arkansas State and and Texas A&M. Is Arkansas Adidas? I think so. Okay, I was thinking Arkansas was Nike. But yeah, A&M I know is. State I know is. Yeah, you got me. You got me wondering if I'm if I'm right now. I thought they were Nike, but I may be wrong. As we are looking. I know, I'm looking right now. <laughs> if you're wondering what's happening. No, they're Adidas. They're are Adidas. they? Okay. Yeah, unless they just recently changed. So, uh, Last thing from Ford. Explain how the crystal ball in recruiting works. It's just a prediction. You just make your prediction on where you think the guy's going to go. You're allowed to change your prediction as long as the player is not committed. So if I say that player X is going to state... He commits to LSU. I can't change it to LSU. But if he decommits and he's uncommitted, I can change it to whatever I want. And I think you get points based on being right the first time versus being right the second time. I believe that's correct. You know more about that than I do. Uh, I guess. Ryan Sims wants to know, say, let's say the fan, the football season is played, but fans aren't allowed in the stadium. What do you think the junction looks like? It's t- is it tailgating and parties galore? Or do you think the university will have to lay down heavy restrictions for that as well? I think if there's no fans, you can't allow tailgating. Yeah, I, that's what. That's exactly what I was thinking. That if I, That's the big question, obviously. I can't see a situation where they allow people to congregate. If you're saying that you, can con- you can't congregate in the stadium, but you can congregate outside, that doesn't make any sense. No. So if there's no fans allowed, there's going to be no fans allowed in the junction, too. It's going to be, please stay home this weekend. I wonder if there... Could there possibly be a scenario where they like allow limited fans in the stadium and no tailgating? Again, that's Could a possibility. Could you do that kind of thing? Or they could just say, like, look, you're allowed to tailgate, but they section off the junction. Like, here's your tent, and the next tent has to be six feet away. Because when you think about it... Or ten feet away, maybe. And look, I'm no doctor, and I look, I'm not trying to get into any kind of conspiracy theories or corona madness or anything. But to me, when I think about it, I almost see the tailgating scene as more of a place to spread disease than sitting there in the stadium. Yeah, no, I agree. Because everybody's sharing potato chips and Mm -hmm. dipping in the same bowl. Exactly. You know, sharing beverages and, you know, shaking hands and kissing babies and doing the whole nine yards. I feel like that's a little more of a contagious scene than me sitting there on the stand minding my own business, holding my own cowbell, watching a football game. But anyway. No, I agree with you. I guess so I, think, so I guess I could see tailgating being banned before I could see getting in the stadium banned. Yeah, I agree with that. I think they are going to have to do some things with tailgating. Like, just look, you can't be packed in the junction anymore. You have to have they're going to have stuff roped off, and they're going to have to have they're going to have to have a, an increased security presence to monitor that if they, if, they, if they decide to go that route. Yeah, and you know we talked too earlier about SEC Nation and game day. Yeah. That's going to have to look different. They That's a good just, point. I hadn't thought about that. Cram up next to each other. I no, wouldn't think. No, you would think not. Uh, Dalton Lee, this is a funny question here. I'm supposed to do a combine video since I came in last in fantasy football this past year. What drills would you consider a must for me to perform? <laughs> All right. He's got to do bench, right? Yes. To, uh, how much do we Now, I don't know, Dalton. Dal, let me look at your picture here. Are we going to make him do 225? No, we're not. We're going to say 135 on the bench. That's, 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 that's fair, right? That's fair. He's got to do the 40. Do the 40. He needs to do a vertical, vertical leap. 
and he needs to do the uh, that was the broad jump. We jump, yeah, the broad jump. Those are the four you got to do: the forty, the bench, the vertical leap, and the uh, the broad jump. Yeah. Anything else? Should have to do the DK Metcalf three cone shuttle. <laughs> I, I like the, I like the basic. Oh, oh no no no! One more. He's got to take the Wonderlick. You're I think in. You nailed it. All right. I think you nailed it. Bench, vertical, broad, forty, ver- Wonderlick. Whenever you do this, Dalton, we video. please video it and tag us because I want. I want to see it. Yeah. Also, draft better next year. Ryan Sims again. Will State struggle to pick up Leach's system with a limited reps this offseason, or do you trust that it's really as simple as Mike says it is to implement? Well, if you listen to our interview with Mike Leach that is further down your podcast uh, feed, he, that's what he talked about. That's what his concern is. He's not concerned about implementing the system. He's concerned about getting the reps. He said there's a difference in installing it, which he thinks he can do, and perfecting it. Right. It was his words. Now, I mean, there's, there's got to be a middle ground there, too. You know, can you – you may not can perfect it, but can you get pretty darn close – I don't know. But I, I, I still believe if if what he has talked about and said, that he can install this thing pretty quickly, that State is in a pretty fortunate scenario yeah. to have a coach, a new coach with an offense that can be installed quickly. I agree. Um, you know, uh, other teams that hire new coaches, wherever that may be, probably don't have that luxury. I agree. Peyton Stewart asks, if you had to guess right now how the first few weeks of the seasons go, what would you predict? What would your prediction be? Half capacity masks. I think they will. They, I don't know if they will require, but they will suggest heavily suggest masks. They might require them. I do think that some of what we saw with from Iowa State, you're going to see they're not going to allow the stadium to be packed the first maybe maybe this year. I, I maybe I'm wrong, and maybe I'm usually the optimistic guy, but. I just, as we sit here today, I struggle to see a scenario where it is as normal. No, it won't be as normal. I don't agree. So I, I, agree. I think that you got to take that out of the, out of the equation, in my mind. Um, I struggle a little bit to see a scenario where they would require a mask. Because can you imagine sitting in Davis Wade Stadium in a September 5th football game? If it's, if that game, if that New Mexico game is played on that Saturday. And it's a 2 o'clock kickoff or 11 o'clock or whatever. And it's... 100 degrees, and you're sitting there with a mask on. I mean, people are going to be... Yeah, that's a good point. ...collapsing. That's a good point. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I think that's another thing. I, I say I don't know, and I think that's not popular to say right now. Like, everybody wants an answer now. Yeah. And nobody nobody knows. Nobody and with I, I know common you're just asking, sense anyway, has a real answer. Yeah. And this, is just, this is just our speculation. Um, I think what you're seeing from Iowa State is going to become what people are going to start following. So expect a you know a crowd of thirty thousand at, at Davis Wade Stadium, and that's just the way it's going to have to be. Uh, let's see here, Miller Time. It's a great name. What are your go-to sets of house rules for backyard football, such as punt off to start possessions, two completions for a first down, five Mississippi rush, quarterback can rush when blitzed. All of these sound pretty familiar to me. I haven't played backyard football in quite a while. a while. Well, I have two daughters. You, you got sons. You'll be playing backyard football in a couple yes, of years. Yes, sir. Um, Two completions for a first down, sure. Five Mississippi rush, no problem. Uh, the quarterback can run when blitzed. I, I agree with that. I think we used to play, depending on the length of the field we yeah. were on, uh, it was either four down or five down touchdown. Basically, we had no first downs. Oh, you had okay. four or five plays depending on how big to the either get in the end zone or, or you didn't score that drive. Yeah. 
Those, those are all. That's a that's a good rule. Depends, like I said, depends on how long the field was. You had a real field, you could you could figure yeah. it out. So, uh, Kurt wants the way too early twenty twenty one NFL draft predictions for rounds. Okay, so KJ Costello, we've seen him as a first rounder. If he has the kind of season we we'd like to think he's going to have, he'll be a first rounder. I would think. Yeah, I could see him mid to late first round. Yeah, Kylan Hill, fourth, third, fourth round, something like that. I mean, if he has a monster year, let's say he has over two thousand. Let's say he has about two thousand total yards. Well, then, and then could he be like a Clyde edwards helaire and get picked into the last part of the first round, possibly? But he'd have to have those kind of numbers. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I think I'm a little higher on Kyle, uh, Kyle than like fourth round. I think I could see him second, third, okay. somewhere in there. Errol Thompson, uh, fourth, fifth round, something like that. I hate to be Plus, so broad, but I was going to say any. I was going to say three to five. <laughs> I was going to give like a humongous swap Yeah, I mean, there. Just, it just depends. I mean, he's not as athletic as Willie Gay is, but he's very smart. He's a good football player. He's hard-nosed. Well, I think we talked about leader. the wonder look while ago. I think Errol Thompson's a guy that very well. do very yeah. well in that. So, uh, over under five Bulldogs in a seven-round draft. Well, those three guys will get drafted. Um, let me think. You got four seniors on the O-line, maybe. Kobe, Kobe. Could you see any of the O-linemen going? Uh... Is there four seniors? Possibly. With Reese gone? Uh, Parker. Uh-huh. Uh, and LaQuinston Sharp a senior? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Um, Island. Island, and if, and Lash- Lashley. if Lashley slides inside. I mean, Daryl Williams didn't get drafted. Yeah, so I don't know. that's true. Uh, does, Marquee, does somebody of Marquis Spencer and Kobe Jones get drafted? I mean... Maybe. You could see it. Yeah. And, of course, last year, I don't think we would have said Tyree Phillips was going to get drafted. But he did. So, I mean, it's possible one of those guys gets there. Uh, I'm trying to think about the rest. You know, Could Marcus Murphy have a humongous year and go pro? And go pro? Possibly. Possibly. I mean, he'd have to have a really big year. Um, could Osiris Mitchell, if he puts up the kind of numbers we're talking about, and a wide receiver pick, pick it up, with his size, could be a, a dra- could get drafted. Um, could Malik Keith? Maybe. I mean, one year. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. So I will say right now, I'll say, I'll say over, but it, it'd be really tight. I think they might get six, but it'd be really tight. There's just a lot of talent, but you gotta have some guys have to have. They're gonna have to have big years. So, do you think Costello, Kylan, and Errol's the only slam dunks? They, those three will get drafted. Yeah. So, um, also, where do you predict Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin will rank this season for SEC Coach of the Year? They ain't gonna win it. Unless something unusual happens. And Saban or Smart will win that. Unless LSU... I think if LSU went 10-2, and two, Orgeron might win it. Because then people would be like, wow, he, he completely reloaded. Let's play it a different way. What would State have to do under Leach for him to win it? 10-2. and two. I mean, because Alabama's probably going undefeated. And so is uh, Georgia. Georgia's probably only losing one game this year in the regular season. And that's because they play Alabama. Yeah. So I mean, the SEC championship coach is always going to be there. So he'd have to have something special. So ten and two. You know, that's what Mullen was when he won it. Same with Kiffin. Kiffin would need to be like nine and three, something like that. Matt McCann, who is the best football player on backyard sports rookie rush, and why is it Pablo Sanchez? I, I don't know what this I is. Never played backyard football. Never played this game. Rookie rush or whatever it is. Yeah, me either. So move forward. Uh, Holden Blake. I have some buddies all who all graduated from state and support state, but they have been trashing Dak and making fun of him for the amount of money he has been asking for. I say we need to support our own no matter what. They say they are true fans, but I say otherwise. What say you? Well, if they support state, they're true fans. 
Well, besides besides any of that, um, Dak Prescott, if he, I, I hate to say deserve, but I mean we've said it on this show. It's his time. Like yeah. he, based upon his production, what he's done, he. I deserve is the only word coming to mind to to have the what is the highest paid contract right now. He he just does. I, I'm trying to find the what he's done the last little bit. Um, since 2016, only three quarterbacks in the league have never missed a game: mm-hmm. Russell Wilson, Philip Rivers, Dak Prescott. Yeah. Since 2016, Dak Prescott's tied for second behind Drew Brees with 14 game winning drives. Mm-hmm. Since 2016, there are 13 quarterbacks with over 90 touchdowns. Dak has 97. Mm-hmm. And of the whole group, only Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, and Carson Wentz have less interceptions than Prescott. And only Wilson even played in the same amount of games anyway. Right. Since 2016, only one quarterback has more than 20 rushing touchdowns. Dak. Mm-hmm. In 2016, only the Chiefs, Patriots, Saints, Steelers, and Ravens have more wins than the Cowboys mm-hmm. since 2016. So Prescott's... I mean... He's in the right his, company. His time is now like yeah. i mean and, and he won't hold the record long i For mean long he, at all he, he will be the highest Mahomes paid. and lamar jackson are coming and maybe if he if he gets his way here because he you know dak wants four years right if he gets his way he may not as far as like total contract be the yeah highest paid right, right. Or whatever but, but that said if your, your friends think he's wrong i mean that, is, that doesn't make them not good state fans being a good state fan is about supporting mississippi state you don't i mean I don't really care what Dak does. I'd like to see him get the most money possible. But as I have said before, I'm a Saints fan when it comes to the pros. So what Dak does doesn't really affect me one way or the other until the Cowboys play the Saints. And then, honestly, I don't cheer for Dak. I don't I don't care what he does in the game, but I want the Saints to win. So I wouldn't hold it against them. If the Saints – if I told you today for sure the New Orleans Saints will not win the Super Bowl, you have to pick someone else. Mm-hmm. Would you go with Dak and Yeah, the at that point I probably would. Because, you know, it would be good for Mississippi State. Yeah. But if the Saints are a viable option, I'm picking the Saints. Oh, yeah, always. So. Another one from Miller Time. Got another. This is actually a really good question. Bill Connolly wrote an article about how LSU finally going to the spread offense means the spread revolution is over. Since the spread no longer gives an advantage over opponents, do you think we'll ever see teams revert to run-heavy pro-style schemes for an edge? This is what sports is. Ebbs and flow. It's ebbs and flow. Somebody comes up with something innovative, somebody determines how to defend it, and then you got to come back to something else. And I don't know about pro-style scheme, but I wouldn't be surprised to see like a wishbone come back, like a heavy run. Think about it right now, the way defenses are built. For the most part, they're built with guys who are got a lot of speed. Well, what happens if you just put six maulers out there on the offensive line with some big backs? You know, if you can get some, you know, they grow on trees, but if you can get some Derrick Henry-style guys, some guys who run with power. Wasn't that a little bit what Bielema was trying to do at Arkansas? Yeah. It just didn't work. It just didn't work. It works at, it works at Wisconsin. Got to get those, you know, get those big corn-fed Midwestern <laughs> boys. So yeah, I think I think you're going to see that evolve back the other way, and you'll see the running game become more prevalent, and then defenses will bulk up, and then the offenses will go back, go back to to passing the ball around. That's just how it works. Uh, let's see here, Steve Robertson, our good friend and Ooh, host. Celebrity question: Who is your favorite Alabama football player of your lifetime? That's a weird question, but okay. Um. Favorite Alabama. It might be Derrick Henry. I loved watching that guy run the football. Just, just so unfair. I, I've kind of post his career. Mark Ingram has a little soft spot in my heart. He, he had good like the, he had the good Heisman speech. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, I enjoyed watching some of their linebackers. All obviously, Keith McCants is sort of underrated. Everybody remembers Derek Thomas and Cornelius Bennett as well as they should. But Keith McCants was dominant in college. I liked watching uh, Jonathan Allen play too. Uh, what AJ I, McCarron's girlfriend was what's his name's favorite Alabama? Yeah, Brett Musburger. Brett Musburger. Yeah. That, was his, that was his favorite Alabama uh, uh, player. What high school football team did you love to beat the most? High school football yeah, team. Yeah, who, who was the Ackerman? In, oh, Ackerman. Eupora. Yeah, there ain't any doubt. Did you beat them? Did Ackerman beat you, Paul? Yeah. I, I can't say I did because I was not on the high school football team. I, when I you kept, were in high school. I kept stats. But uh, my, I, I guess my senior year, they got the last dagger uh-huh. in us. But, but yeah, I mean, we we held our own most okay. most years. But, yeah, that, that, that senior year in 2003, uh-huh. you, I think we beat Eupora in the, uh, in the regular season, met again for the – the was that North, the, was that the north half or was that the third round right before the north half? Anyway, they put us out in the playoffs. Oh, so so the, the rematch occurred in the postseason. And oh, that sucks. That was two thousand two, yeah. actually. Nah, for me, it was three. It would have been Jackson St. Joe. I, I will still not refer to them as Madison St. Joe. No chance. Uh, that was the only game I played, and there was a trophy involved. So you know, yeah. the winner got the Straw Stallings Trophy. Yeah. So that's one of my one of my favorite high school memories is I carried the trophy into the locker room after we won my senior year. And I can still hear the locker room explode when I walked in there. And I was like, yeah, we got it because we got the track. And in our high school, the visitor locker rooms were right next to the home locker room. So I know they heard that. So that's a good time. That 2002 Ackerman Eupor game, mm-hmm. that playoff game that ended mm-hmm. uh, the season, mm-hmm. it was a overtime game that ended when we scored a touchdown, just had to kick the extra point to keep overtime going. Uh-huh. And the extra point was... I can't remember if it was a bad snap or whatever, but no did good. not make the extra point. I lost the game like that. Uh, my senior year lost to Natchez Cathedral. 50-49. to 49, We scored on the last play of the game, went for two, and didn't get it. Hmm. That's a tough loss. Tough pill to swallow. Best football team from a movie. Best football team from a movie. Yeah. West Canaan? <laughs> Maybe. They were, they were awfully good. I mean, the Odessa Permian... Uh, Panthers, that 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 team is a little. I think we've talked about this before. That team, it's a little off because that team was. Uh, they lost in the state semifinals, not in the state finals that year. Um, I mean, I guess the Titans. Yeah, they were DC. Yeah, that they would be up there. I mean, they were the national champions, right? I think that's correct historically as well. Um, yeah, probably. Then you know, is there a college? You know, ECU went eight and three. Or ESU, I'm sorry, in the program. So they, they weren't they weren't dominant. And I'm trying to stay away from like real teams. I guess that's what TC would be though. You know, maybe the Miami Sharks yeah. from uh, any given Sunday. <laughs> only when only when uh, when Stephen Willie Beeman was under center though. Who is the best Mississippi State offensive lineman of all time? What a great question because there's a lot of options. Um, Derek Sherrod. Does Kent Hall get any consideration yes. here? I, yeah, I would he think to. so. But so does Wayne Harris. Gabe Jackson. Gabe Jackson. John James. Randy Thomas. Porkchop Womack. I mean, you got a lot of options. You really do. I got to pick one. I think Sherrod might be actually be the most decorated of them. He's also the first round pick in there, too. Yeah. Jenkins is having a darn good pro career now. So I yeah, feel like, I didn't think I about him. Like, yeah. I feel like he was a, a little bit over, I mean, overlooked or whatever while yeah, he was here. I agree. But, um, Steve, which media member wins a bull in the ring competition? Well, come on, what are we talking about here? 
you know I'm going to win that. I'm trying to think where I would place. I would not win. Yeah. Especially if I'm the guy in the middle and y'all got to run at me, it's going to be tough. I'm, I, I know how to use my size. <laughs> I'm sneaky athletic. No, Who, I'm not. I, I, no, I, I'm not. Well, gosh. Steve I, would be, because Steve's a big, well, tall, big guy. I about went down a path and it made me sad to even think about it. I was about to say Logan. Logan. Uh, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. Don't want to talk about that. He, he would have been my the best competition. I think he might have had you. Yeah, you're probably right. He's he's country strong. <laughs> he sure is. <laughs> it's a, it's a, and he's he's got he's a little younger. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, you might you might I might I might be stepping back my original uh, thoughts here. Last one from Steve. Pros and cons of a Nerf ball. Well, cons are if you have a pet, that thing's getting demolished. It's gonna chew it up. And we both have pets. And hell, if you have kids, they might take a bite of it too. Pros are speaking of the kids. When you throw it, if they goes through their hands and it just smacks them in the face, it's just a little, little, little hurt. Yeah, they're okay. Yeah, that's probably the best. You part. don't like Marsha Brady them out there. No, just... no. So Jackson wants to know who are our most overrated and underrated SEC teams going into twenty twenty. His overrated is LSU. His underrated is Texas A and M. Who's your overrated team? I LSU is tempting to say because I, they lost a good bit. And they they're not going to have Joe Burrow. So, but I'm also tempted to think: Is everybody kind of high on Auburn? Because I still think Auburn's kind of going to be. I mean, because they lose a ton on defense, and so I, I may actually go Auburn. You know me. You know I'm not big on the Auburn Tigers. A um, and M is overrated too, as well as I'm. Until I see them do it, I'm not going to buy into that. But it's Auburn every year. Every year, oh, it's Auburn. They're going to be. They're never that good. They lose four games. They always lose four games. It's Auburn. Underrated, to me, it's... State? Uh, no, no. Unfortunately, they're on state schedule. It's Kentucky. That t- that, that program is, is trending in the right direction. It took a while. Yeah. But Mark Stoops has got them going the right direction. They won eight games last year with a quarterback who could not throw the football. <laughs> so, yeah. Kentucky is my underrated. Got drafted, though. I, would, I wish the Saints would have picked him. Yeah. Heck of an athlete. Yeah, talk about yeah, man, yeah, for sure. Who's your underrated team? Uh probably that little engine that could over in Tuscaloosa. I mean, <laughs> that's just <laughs> a scrappy bunch. A scrappy bunch. I got a pretty good coach. Yeah. Uh, Florida could be underrated because I think uh, I'm going to tell you right now. I don't think they're going to beat Georgia, but they could. They could be undefeated playing Alabama in the SEC championship game. You know, Tennessee showed me something last year a little bit. I, I think, I'm tempted to kind of maybe. I feel like they're properly rated, though. I think people are, are thinking they're going to be on the right rise. They're kind of right there. On, yeah. Okay. So, Thomas Loftus. Right now, you couldn't find NCA 14 for less than $150. I'm a firm believer that EA could name their price if they dropped a college football game tomorrow and still sell out. What's the max you'd be willing to spend to purchase a college football game? Mmm. Assuming it's licensed and you have the the true players on there. All right, so let's play this. Would you out. pay a hundred dollars? Yeah, I yes, would pay a hundred. Absolutely. Would you pay one fifty? Probably. Would you pay two hundred? Now we're getting to my limit. Yeah, we're, we're up there. So so, so one seventy five. I think that sounds about one seventy five is our limit. I'll, I'll go with that. It, I haven't looked on eBay or something, but can you really not get NCAA fourteen no, or whatever it is? No, it's super expensive now. Because I mean, I've got it sitting at the house. I could I could get one hundred fifty bucks like that. Probably so. You should make it super cheap, make it a hundred, get it really quick. Well, that's good to know. There you go. 
got <laughs> emergency funds. Because I, I, I haven't played it in probably a couple years now. It's just right. kind of sitting there. All right. Brandon Maskew says, would Billy Bob from Varsity Blues be a good fit at left tackle in the Leech offense? I got to say no. He's more of a mauler, man. Yeah. He's a run blocker. You know, you need somebody a little lighter on their feet. Certainly can't be just chugging down maple syrup. No, I I, I don't think he, Billy Bob's very reliable. That's no. safe to say. I, I agree. I agree. That's true. So I'll we, go with Charles Cross. We, we, sh- we should ask uh, Mason Miller, Coach Miller, if, if that's the case <laughs> or not, but we'll see. And that's it. So good questions this week. We appreciate that. Like I said, not sure about what tomorrow's podcast is going to be about. I'm sure we'll come up with something, but we have a great podcast lined up for you Friday as we do our deep dive into the 1991 football season, the first year of the Jackie Sherrill era. we got some great interviews lined up. That should be a lot of fun. We'll talk about that on Friday. So, Until tomorrow, for Joel T. Coleman, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.